just so great. Everybody see everybody and we can have a picnic afterwards. Say, okay, come everybody. We're all going to fit over there. That's just such a, such a cool thing. I love that. Get to know each other. A lot easier to get to know each other as well. All right. So let me pray and we're going to jump into God's word. Father God, I thank you so much for this day. Thank you for a great time of worshiping you. Now as God, as we look into your word, may your Holy Spirit just lead us and guide us, speak truth through, uh, through me, through your word. We're so grateful to have your word, and we look forward to what you have for us today, and we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, I don't know if any of you have had this, uh, had this extremely frustrating experience happen to you before, um, but I've had this happen um, a couple times. Um, I'm out and about. It's, on a, it's a Sunday, usually afternoon, early evening. I'm out and about. Maybe I'm running some uh, on an outing, or even when I'm out of town on a Sunday, and all of a sudden it hits me that I am really hungry, and I am craving my favorite fast food restaurant. And I know, some of you know where I'm going already, and I'm, cra- I'm craving this, and I know that there's got to be one nearby. So I type the name in to my phone, and off I go with this drooling anticipation. I cannot wait to get this. Soon, I, get in, I pull up into the parking lot with, you know, this great anticipation and delight, and I pull in, and all of a sudden, it hits me. No! It's Sunday, darn you, Chick-fil-A. <laughs> it's like, I don't know if you've ever had that happen before. That, oh, that's got, that's, to me, that's one of the biggest. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, when I was dad, back for my father's memorial, I was there, while there two separate weeks, I ate at Chick-fil-A uh, nine times. <laughs> I just want you to, just want you to know that because since we don't have one in this local area, I needed to get my fill and my quota. Well, you see, if you don't know this by now, Chick-fil-A, since 1948, has been closed on Sundays because the founder, uh, Truett Cathy, a a follower of Jesus, a Christian, um, he, he began really this legacy of being willing to lose millions and millions of dollars in profits in order to be able to give his employees a day off. Okay, or what we call a Sabbath by closing his restaurants every single Sunday. You've probably seen it, you're in an airport. It's the only dark food place in the food court. Yet here's the thing, observing Sabbath is much more about helping people get uh, understanding about a good work-life balance. That's what Truett was trying to do, help them understand to have a day off in order to rest and reap the benefits of that. But the Sabbath is, much, is about so much more than that. Um, by the way, if you don't have one, we don't, we have, I don't know if we gave out enough, but the little, um, I have a whole question thing. If you'd like to fill in the blanks, if you need one, there's extras back in the back. Just raise your hand if they're being the ones, we don't put them in every chair. So if you want one, um, just to fill in to help you keep, keep focused, raise your hand and an usher will get you one. Uh, but the first one, right away, I'm right out of the chute here, okay? Observing Sabbath is more than just doing a day off like that. True Sabbath, number one on your notes. True Sabbath, oh, thank you, she knows I get hot. Okay, true Sabbath goes to the core of what it means to not only discovering a truly rest-filled life, I mean, something that we all, I know, crave, but also what it does, it's a foolproof way to continually deepening our intimacy with God. 
Okay, that's what Sabbath, that's what Sabbath really is. So this morning on our trek through the Ten Commandments, we are on the fourth commandment, which concerns, obviously, the Sabbath. Actually, that you're going well, I didn't even know this, but this, this fourth commandment, it's the longest and most detailed of all the Ten Commandments. And really, I believe that probably it's one of the more misunderstood and definitely probably the, one of the most neglected commandments of all the Ten Commandments. Remember, we talked about how the Ten Commandments are a picture of what it's like uh, to live in freedom from, the having to, uh, from having to feel like we have to earn God's favor. Remember that? They, they, they help us to live in freedom under the protection and wisdom and goodness of a Heavenly Father who loves us deeply, deeply. So often people look at the Ten Commandments as a bunch of rules that we have to follow. Okay, if I do all that right, then God's gonna, God's gonna answer my prayers. God's gonna love me more. And that's not what these are about. Remember we talked about this whole idea that they're kind of like the guardrails in life. Like the guardrails when we're on a steep cliff and we're driving on that road. We don't worry when we have guardrails there. We go, okay, there's protection there. This tells me not to go there. That's helpful. And that's what the Ten Commandments are supposed to be. Not a, don't do this, don't do that, I'm going to slap you on the wrist. They're to be freeing to us so we can enjoy the road and not worry about, oh, am I doing the right thing? What if I do the wrong thing? So that's what's really cool about uh, the Ten Commandments. So we're going to jump right in to commandment number four. And it's in Exodus chapter 20, and it's in verses 8 through 11. I'm just going to read those. They'll be up on the screen if you don't have your Bible with you. It says this. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord, your God. On it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter, your male servant, your female servant, or your livestock, or the sojourner who is with you, or your guinea pig, or your rabbit, or goats that we have over across the street, everything. For six days the Lord made heaven and earth the sea, and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. So let's talk about this. Let's talk about what the Sabbath actually is. And that's where we probably need to begin by spending a few minutes talking about what Sabbath is. Number two on your notes there says, the word Sabbath actually means to cease, to end, to rest. That's what it means. And we, see, we even see in verse 11 that after spending six days creating, God rested. He ceased. He stopped. And what this really is, is this is a reference back to Genesis chapter 2 where he says this. It says, that thus the heavens and the earth were finished. Remember, this is at the very beginning of the creation. And all the host of them. And on the seventh day, God finished his work that he had done. And he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it, God rested from all his work that he had done in creation. Now, obviously, God didn't rest because he was pooped, okay? God was not like, whoo, that was a whole lot of work, man. Everest, that was a tough one, pulling, you know, getting that one so big. no. That's not why God rested. He didn't rest because he was tired. It's important to understand that God rest, God's resting after his creation of six days was actually an integral part of the creation process. 
See, so often we think that he created, then he rested, and those are two different things. It's all a part of the same process. It's all a part of the same rhythm. Now, saying to remember the Sabbath means that the Sabbath was not something that was brand new that he was introducing. When, God gave the, when he gave Moses the Ten Commandments, when he said, remember the Sabbath, that wasn't new. That wasn't, it wasn't a new concept uh, right then. The people were called to remember something important. They say, he's saying, remember this very important principle that you've already been told. It's already been instilled in you. And that's number three on your notes. There. It says that stopping from work for an entire day and resting are to be an essential part of the rhythms of life. Something that God instituted right away at the very beginning. This is not new. It, wasn't, it shouldn't have been a surprise to them. And so in saying that, and then he goes on, he says that he blessed, okay? He blessed the seventh day and, and made it holy. What this literally means, number four in your notes, there, is God set it apart to be sacred. He deemed it special to be a uniquely different day than any other day. Okay, it wasn't supposed to be just a little bit different. It was completely set apart and different. And the whole idea he's saying is, no, I want you to remember that. And I want you to view it in the exact same way. I've deemed it as incredibly different and special and sacred. I want you to see it that way. I know for those of us, especially who've been around church a long time, we would say, oh yes, amen, I agree with that. But do we live our lives that way? Do we live our lives in such a way that we see a day of Sabbath, a day of rest, a day of stopping from our work, physically and emotionally and in our mind and everything, as special, as sacred, as, as something that's holy, that's an incredible gift from God? I, I think we also, I know I struggle with that. So for the Israelites, they were not to remember only that the Sabbath showed them that God rested from his work, but they were to remember in order to remind them what he had done for them as well. So not only did you see I rested, that's a good example, I want you to do that, but what I did for you as well, that's what the Sabbath is for. In a parallel count, account of the Ten Commandments uh, found in Deuteronomy, after God tells the people, he says, remember to observe the Sabbath. He says it again, this is right before they go into the promised land. Look what he says in Exodus, Exodus. God says this, he says, you shall remember. Right after he says, remember the Sabbath, then he goes right into this. Remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt and the Lord your God brought you out of there from there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God commanded you to keep the Sabbath day. So you see, there's more to it than just remember to rest. In remembering to keep the Sabbath, the people were be to reminding themselves how God had saved them out of 400 years of brutal slavery, where, by the way, there was no day off. They were slaves every single day. They had to work every single day. So number five on your notes. So we see that the Sabbath is to be seen both as a reminder of God's creative plan, okay, and of his saving grace. 
Okay? Not only, oh my gosh, this is a part of what God did. I need to build this life into my rhythms of life as well. But th- this is to remind me of, oh my gosh, what God has done for me. Yet, that's, that, yet there's more even. There's more. It also is meant to be seen as an essential element in establishing intimacy with God. I think so often we do so many things. We go to church, we're involved in so many things to know about God, to remember things about God. But God says, I don't want it to stop there. I want there to be intimacy between you and me. And that's what the Sabbath is supposed to do. In the book of Leviticus, where the law is kind of really rolled out to the people, we read this in Leviticus chapter 23. It says, six days shall work be done, but on the seventh day is a Sabbath of solemn rest, a holy convocation. You should do no work. It is a Sabbath to the Lord in all your dwelling places. Now, I spent a chunk of time trying to figure out what is a holy convocation? What is he talking about there? Because a lot of people will say that the Sabbath, this, this kind of verse talks about, no, we get together and we worship God together. We worship together. We fellowship with one another. That's not really what this word is talking about. In some ways, it's talking about the phrase holy convocation really has more of the meaning of a divine appointment. Okay, this is a divine appointment that we are supposed to commit to. It's the time to be set aside to be with the Lord and learn from his word. And back then, it actually probably happened more in the context of a gathering. Somewhat like this, but I don't think it had the, it had the same meaning. But we can gather that a holy convocation is a time where we are making an appointment to be with God and with a gathering of people. So we can kind of put it uh, together like that. So we see here with the Old Testament, the Sabbath, along with being a day that's set aside from business as usual, how we operate during the rest of the week, and for remembering God's saving grace, it was also meant to be this unique time set aside for meeting with God, really not just to, okay, I did my time with God. Now, I think so often, sometimes it's easy to look at church, or when we come together, we say, yeah, I want to come, and I love to hear the word, and I love to, and I love to hear that, okay, done, whew, got it done. That was, a, that was a good thing, that's what Christians are supposed to do, I liked it, had a good time, that illustration about Chick-fil-A hit home, and now I'm hungry, you know, you know so I'm good. I think we often forget that really what coming together and being in God's word like this, worshiping and being God's word, is really meant to replenish our soul. That's what it's supposed to do, just truly to replenish our soul. So here's what, here's what I thought of this week. Number six, you know, think of the Sabbath as consisting of the three R's. Okay? Resting, remembering, and replenishing. If we can remember those things, and we're going to talk about that a little bit, in a little bit more depth, that is a very helpful guide to, okay, how do I observe the Sabbath? What's a good, what, what can I do in my life that would help me to rest and remember and to replenish? See, we're supposed to rest from our work, remember God's saving grace, and replenish our souls by meeting him within his word. Okay, Old Testament done. Now, New Testament. In the New Testament, with the coming of Jesus, really what we see is Jesus kind of tweaks the whole conventional understanding of Sabbath. He tweaked a lot of things, didn't he? A lot of things and a lot of people. 
But he also really majorly, we, and we talked about this when we did our study through Matthew, how when he met the religious leaders, got on his case, remember? Hey, why are your disciples picking heads of grain? All the, you guys are working, blah, 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 all that stuff. And that's happened because by the, by the time Jesus came on the scene, the Jewish religious leaders, remember we talked about these guys, the, the consummate rule keepers of the day? Well, they had essentially made the Sabbath, the Sabbath all about what you could and couldn't do. It was all about what was allowed and what was not allowed, what was lawful, what was permissible on the Sabbath. In a sense, really what the Jewish religious leaders were doing in that day were really, they were returning the people to slavery. A certain kind of slavery, a slavery to keeping rules, to, to be rule keepers in order and mean to get God, to, to have God be pleased with you and to God to love you. And the reality is that's so where our natural self goes, doesn't it? You do something wrong, you know you've sinned, you willfully sinned, you've blown it. And what's, the, what's the one of the first feeling? We feel remorse over our sin, but then so often we grapple with, okay, how does God see me now? How does, how does God see me? And this is what the Sabbath is meant to free us from, to free us from this kind of thinking. Because that's what the, that's what the religious leaders were putting on the people. No, do this. Don't do that. Okay, you're good. I know it's easy for us to, to do that to ourselves. Number seven, Jesus, on the other hand, made it a point to emphasize that the Sabbath was not about doing one's ritual duty, but it was a day for, like I said, freedom. It was a day of freedom from having to measure up to a set of rules and to a set of do's and don'ts to earn God's favor and love. We don't have to do that anymore. That's not what the Sabbath is about. That's what it had totally become by the time Jesus came around. But he's here to say no. That is not what has been. It's, it, it's to be, be seen as a practical and a holy gift that is given to us for our good. That's how we're to see, the, see it. In the Gospel of Mark, Jesus says this in Mark 2. He says, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. See, the Sabbath is meant to be this gift, this wonderful, wonderful gift to us. It means that we're free to walk in obedience, to be obedient to God and submit to God and his authority in our lives because we know that we're absolutely loved no matter what we do, no matter what I do. I don't have to measure up. Number eight on your notes, the reality is that Jesus fulfills the Sabbath. Because of him, because of what he did, we don't have to work for God's favor and love. We rest in him. His righteousness, not our own. Rest. There's that word again. Rest. When was the last time you purposely or purposefully rested in the righteousness of Jesus? Knowing that that's exactly how God sees you. Knowing that you are righteous not because you finally got your act together but because of what Jesus did. And then let that motivate you to want to be obedient and to want to serve him and want to let, have control of your life. What is that? Yep. 
Awesome. Knew I could count on you to help me out. Thanks. Thanks, Dwayne. See, the Sabbath is all about ceasing our work and resting, not only physically, but spiritually as well. I think a lot of times people think, okay, it's a time for me to stop so I can... Not, but it's also a time to rest spiritually as well. Well, And here's an interesting thing, a little, little kind of side area we're going to go here. This freedom also goes for when and how we celebrate or keep the Sabbath. For example, it seems that the early church uh, felt the freedom to change the celebrating of the Sabbath from a Saturday to Sunday. Remember, we read many accounts where they say that the church met on the first day of the week, which would be a Sunday. So they felt the freedom. They weren't trying to get away from that, but they felt the freedom. And we can go to a whole long other tirade of why they did that and some other ramifications of that. But it's interesting that they did that. And we'll see, you can see it all over in, in different examples. And like Jesus now, Paul wanted to emphasize that also. He wanted to make sure that people understood that the Sabbath was all about an attitude of our heart. Okay? That's what Paul was trying to get through to people. Not about rule keeping. Look at in the book of Colossians chapter 2. He says this. Therefore, let no one pass judgment on you in question of food and drink or with regard to a festival or a new moon or a Sabbath. These are a shadow of the things to come, but the substance, belong, substance belongs to Christ. Don't let people tell you how you're supposed to worship me. Don't let people tell you how you're supposed to find your rest in me. Just come to me. All you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you what? Rest. We got to get rid of, sometimes we got to get rid of some of the legal, legalistic shackles that some of us grew up with, of how we need to do our faith, how we need to do church, what we can and cannot do. What we can and can't let people in the church know that we're about and what we do. And stop. And just make this about Amazing about just marinating in the goodness and the love of Jesus and resting in him, okay? But that's the hard part. Our sin gets involved and all that stuff. So, so that's what we're seeing here. We have a freedom in how and when we observe the Sabbath because it's been fulfilled in Jesus because of his work on the cross. We don't, it's not about legalistic Sabbath keeping anymore. Jesus has freed us from that. Now, it's important to understand, number nine on your notes, that everything that we see, now that we've looked at kind of the Old and the New Testament here, things that we've seen in both the Old and New Testament concerning the Sabbath points to the fact that from the beginning, and this is key, this is key, the Sabbath is about trust. This is what the Sabbath is about. Sabbath is about trust. Because number 10 on your notes, and this is really, this is kind of, this really hit me this week thinking this, in order to truly set an entire day aside to rest, rejuvenate, to cease from our work, both physically and emotionally, and to meet with God in a way that truly replenishes our soul, we need to be able to trust that he is our ultimate sustainer and provider. We have to be able to trust we have to. There's no way we're going to be able to. We need to believe that he is an ultimately control and we are not. We will believe that he will take care of, like Truett Kathy, he will take care of lost wages. He'll take care of that. 
I don't have to worry about that. He will take care of lost preparation time that I thought that I had to put in to that test or to that project or to whatever it is. I don't have to worry about that, that I can trust that, that God will deal with the uh, things I got to do, things I got to get done. We have a lot of those, don't we? I got to get this done. If I don't jump on that, it won't get done. I have to do this. Because if I, look at my, if I look on paper, I'll never get it done. It'll never get done. But we have to learn to trust God with those things in order to be able to keep the Sabbath. See how big trust is in this? To learn the true meaning of the words that the Apostle Paul said that so many of us are familiar with in Philippians 4. He says, my God will supply every need of yours according to your riches and glory in Christ Jesus. And we know that, but then we say, I know he'll supply all my needs, but, he, but I need to work a little more on this. Right? I know God will take care of my needs. I know, I know he'll look at it, but I better, I better get a jump on that project, guys. I saw some needling there from some wives a little bit. Yeah, I got to get, get on that. I got Or not just, not just anybody, all, any of us, especially those of you that are out there that just stopping is really hard for you to do. And you know who you are. <laughs> not me, by the way. <laughs> you, it's hard. You're always going. You wake up, go to bed. That's, how you, that's just how you're wired. So it's going to be harder, and we're going to talk a little bit about that, get a little more uh, practical in a little bit. Now, even though Christ has set us free now from this legalistic Sabbath keeping, we are still meant to adhere to the original purpose of the Sabbath. A friend of mine, Mark Mitchell, wrote a book uh, on the Ten Commandments, which I've been using a lot in this uh, series. It says, he said this, God made the Sabbath day holy, but we have to keep it holy. We have to keep it holy, even though he made it that way. So how do we do that? Let's get really practical here. How do we do that? How do we keep one whole day a week sacred or, or set apart in order to, to truly rest, to remember and to replenish along with learning to trust that God will take care of all of our needs? Well, it could mean, that's probably me, scratchy, sorry. Five o'clock shadow already, sorry. Um, how do we do that? How, what, what's the guidelines for it? Here's the beauty, you guys. The beauty is we have complete freedom. We are free to do it in any way that works best for us in order to accomplish these things. However it works for us, that's totally fine. For you, it might mean along with meeting with God or coming to church, it's going on a bike ride or a hike. Or working in your garden, or long, taking, mine, taking a long nap, or watching a movie, or having friends over, getting together with friends and having a meal, However, whatever that looks like. The important thing is that you detach yourself from your everyday work. That's the important thing. Physically and emotionally. Look at what number 11 says, to do things that rejuvenate and renew your body, mind, relationships, and soul. This just popped into my head. Does this, this really goes counter to our culture, doesn't it? Even though we have an entire um, leisure culture, there's a whole billions of dollars in the leisure culture, 
the reality is usually we take advantage of that stuff because we work, 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 go, 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 go. I need to crash for three weeks. We just don't, we, and, that, and God's saying, no, that's not how I meant you to live. Your relationships are out of balance. Your family is out of balance. Your, your intimacy with me is out of balance. I gave you an example. Trust me. <laughs> Do you really trust me that I will meet all your needs? Remember, these are the 10 commandments, not the 10 suggestions. <laughs> Remember, these are, these, these are things that God gave us, once again, not to... But he says, no, do this and do it because I want you to have the best life ever with me. I want you to experience me. I want you to experience relationships. I want you to experience marriage. I want you to experience everything in the best way possible. That's why you do this. So we do things that rejuvenate or renew our body. I like Peter Scazzaro in his book, Emotionally Healthy Leader, which I've had to read a couple times. Um, I've read it once. Um, Biblical, he says, biblical Sabbath is a 24-hour block of time in which we stop work, enjoy rest, practice delight, and contemplate God. That's what the Sabbath is meant to be. That's what it's meant to be. I, I know for me, yeah, um, the Sabbath happens to, for me, it's on a Monday. I work probably about six hours on a Sunday, and Saturdays I'm all, I work two to four hours, but just have church on my brain and listen to podcasts and all that stuff. So for me, Monday is my Sabbath. And just an example, it includes really uh, a refreshing time of connecting with God in a way that is different than I can connect on a Sunday. Uh, One of my favorite ways, and some of you know this, one of my favorite ways to do this is go on a hike or go on a long walk. I put my, uh, my earbuds in and I just worship music and I just, because I'm free from not, I can't do that on a Saturday. Saturday I want to hike up Higgins Road, I listen to ministry podcasts. Because my mind is on, I, but on a Monday, I can just set aside, take some time to worship. And also time spending unhurried time with my wife, maybe with my kids and with my grandkids if possible. Sometimes I work on... This sounds weird. I'm a puzzle guy. I work on a puzzle. Pastors need something that they do and then it's done. Because people's lives they work with are never done. Okay? <laughs> so I'm done. Some guys like to mow the grass, whatever. I work out. Sometimes I nap. Remember, we are free to participate and enjoy the Sabbath in whatever way helps us to cease from our work and to rest and to replenish our soul. And to trust in him. And it's going to look differently for different people. And it's going to look differently at different stages of life. You have little kids around, it's a whole different ball game. It's a big difference, right? It's huge difference. But let me tell you, here's some, here's some ideas for this time. If you got little kids at home especially, or you got a lot of stuff going on in your home, begin to practice the elements of Sabbath now. Begin to take little bits of Sabbath as much as you possibly can, however you can make it happen. Begin to make, make it a habit. <laughs> I came across a... Uh, I came across a... ...for us to do. But if we're just going to say, oh, I'm going to do that... Not as, not as strong as possibility. So start those habits now. Start a habit now. So some of you are thinking, Rob, you're nuts. You're saying 24 hours, a whole day, stop, not think about my work, do those things that replenish all that. 
that just that's a whole other planet for me. Start like you would do with anything else. Start small and slow. The fact that you're here today is a good way to begin that. I take time, I come to church. I don't know if you're like me though, or we have little kids. Even that can be crazy. So figure out ways to make it happen and make it a habit. We're free to do that. The truth is there will always be more to do. There will always be things to catch up on. Half the time we'll always feel behind on things. But really learning to practice intentional Sabbath will help us not only discover what it means to truly live a restful life, but really what it will do is help us to deepen our intimacy with God. Something I know we all want. We all want that. Just a quick uh, story here, testimony. My wife and I heard we were at Westmont College for my son's freshman orientation about four years ago now. And this young woman, she was an upperclassman. She was a part of this panel where parents, especially, could ask all these questions about, okay, what you know, what, how can you help us? And she gave this very intriguing answer. Uh, that was posed to the panel. She said this, she said, what's the best advice, someone asked her, that you can give this group of incoming freshmen to help them succeed at Westmont? And her answer really blew us away. <laughs> we weren't expecting this. She, she said, I commit to practicing Sabbath. What? She, then, she, you know, it, she, then she elaborates, she says that once she decided to commit Sunday as her day of rest, she began to thrive and enjoy college and life in general. And she actually began to really grow in her walk with God. This 21-year-old made a conscious decision to stop doing homework on Sundays. She would not do any homework on Sundays. She would do no laundry on Sundays. I know some of you are going, what? None of it. She made Sabbath a priority by being careful to get her homework done on Friday and Saturdays and keeps her, keep her books absolutely closed on Sundays. Okay, On Sundays, what she did, she would go to church, she would take a nap, she'd go on walks, she'd get together with friends, she limited her social media, just things like that. At 21, but she, like I said, she wouldn't study, she wouldn't do laundry. It was convicting. For us to hear a 21-year-old to say this is how she was living her life. It's like we were blown away. She said that sticking with her commitment to practice Sabbath on Sunday required three things for her, from her. These are three, listen to what she said. She said, first of all, it could require her to go against culture. Even Christian culture. She had to realize she was doing something counter-culture. Next thing she said, very interesting. She had to plan ahead. She had to plan. If I'm going to really be able to take advantage of this Sabbath, I'm going to have to plan my homework, my projects, all that stuff. And the last thing she said that required her was to trust God with what didn't get done. 21 years old. Wow. That's amazing. Well, I want to, I want to jump into a couple questions. But this is things going on in your head and feel free to just say anything you want those of you who are new to us we spend the last like five ten minutes just kind of since we're small we can do this we just talk about we throw some questions out there my first question is this what are some things that make practicing biblical sabbath difficult what are some things 
that making, make practicing biblical Sabbath difficult. The warriors, when they're, well, that, that's, that, that's Sabbath. I see, I can, that could be Sabbath. I can see that. Yes. This is a, yeah, this is a big one for moms especially, the cooking and all that stuff too. Once again, yeah, it, it's got to be creative. That's where some of the planning ahead stuff comes in as well. Yeah, good one. But what else? What else gets in the way? What else makes it hard, difficult? What's that? Big one, yes. Work expectations. I got things I got to get done. Yes. Once again, there's that trust issue. Yeah. What else? Anybody else? Anything that makes it difficult? Yeah. What? <laughs> oh, okay. So your wife is totally bought. Okay. Um, no, okay. <laughs> Okay. No, I no, I hear you. But for some of us, that can be that. That can be Sabbathy, you know, you know. If it's especially if it's different than what you do normally, yeah. But but yeah, you got to know. You got to know. Yeah. 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 That's a great one. That's a tough tension, especially that parents live in when there's soccer and baseball, little league, all that stuff. How do you wrestle? You got it, but you know what? It's it's something worth wrestling with. It's it's something definitely worth wrestling with. It's it's important to wrestle with. How do we do that? I'm not going to sit here and tell you how could you ever have little league game on Sunday. Who am I to say that? You've got to figure out though. How do you honor this commandment that so often we don't, but is so powerful? And has such big implications for our life. Okay, second question. And this, some, for some of you might be able to help us with this. What benefits have you experienced due to practicing Sabbath? Anybody here who's experienced any of those benefits when they've intentionally... Now, you're not telling us why... Just by the way, when you do this, I know you're not telling us you're, you've got Sabbath down. But any of you, have you ever... Is there anything you can tell us that you've experienced benefits due to practicing Sabbath? Sounds like we all got some work to do. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to the, the question. Um, I heard mm-hmm. that uh, pioneers who were on the Golden Trail, there were some who said they were going to keep Sabbath, mm-hmm. and some who didn't. And those who didn't keep the Sabbath kept on trudging through, but those who kept the Sabbath actually got to work organ faster. The non-donor party people. Is yeah, that what you're talking about? The non-donor <laughs> Yeah, that's a good point. Right, right. No, I hear you. But it's also, I think, on the reverse side of that coin is like this girl shared. Her relationship with the Lord got more intimate. You know, she thrived in school. So there was the benefits of that as well, that she didn't, maybe there's things she didn't see that would have been bad. Anything else? Anybody else? Yeah, Veronica. Yes. Yeah. 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 Yep. Yep. 
Yeah, and that's hard. Sabbath goes against our sin nature big time because we want to be in control. I know it's best. Come on. We want to be in control. Sabbath just blows that out of the water. That's why it's so important. Anything else you can think of, the benefits of Sabbath? Yeah, dig a little deeper in spiritual things. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, for sure. And I think though, that's one of the benefits when people view Sunday as their Sabbath and like a gathering like this as part of their Sabbath. It's a time set apart to, once again, rejuvenate their soul, to come together with God's people and to worship. And like I've said many a times, I, I believe the Holy Spirit does something unique on a Sunday when we, not, well, at any time we get together as believers, but especially when we get together like this, something unique happens. Yeah. down and be with people and just be present with people we forget that that's a part of that's a part of sabbath that's a part of what we do that's a great that's a great one last one real quick uh what aspect of sabbath excites you the most when you think of all the stuff we've talked about the different aspects of things the benefits of sabbath and why god gave it what just kind of you think i like that i i want i want that what what's one just one that sticks in your mind yeah mike Yes. Yes. If only, right? <laughs> yeah, no, that's a great, exactly, yeah. Some of, because I know some of you are sitting here going, what would that be like? Right? You're thinking, what would that be like? But God is saying, I'll show you. Let me show you what it will be like. I've told you, do it. I haven't said, maybe try this. He said, do it. I'll be faithful. But it's not going to be easy because it's going to go against everything. But I want to bless your socks off because I love you. I just, I just love you. And I want to take, let's take that attitude. We're going to go into communion right now. And, and just I want you to think about that as we go into communion. For those who are new, um, we, do, we do communion every Sunday. And the reason we do that, we want to have an opportunity to just have some time of reflection with the Lord as we remember his broken body and the blood that he shed for us. Um, Robin's going to come on up and and uh, just play a song. Uh, there'll be the lyrics will be on the screen, but we won't be singing. If you want to just read them to yourself, just a quiet time during this time, during the song, and you can just come on up and just grab the elements whenever you're ready during that song. It's, this is completely a time for you to just really be with the Lord. You can take the element. When you grab it, you can take it. You can take it back to your seat however you want to do it. This is a time between you and the Lord. This is for those that call Jesus their Savior and, and their Lord. And also we want to, we've started this new thing too. We want to have, instead of our prayer time afterwards, so those that are uh, our, our prayer people are going to also be up here uh, by the cross. I just really want to encourage you, if there's something you would like to have the body of believers, someone come alongside you and pray with you, just to encourage you, please go up there. Ginny's up here. She's our prayer person today. Just come on up 
and she would love to be praying for you uh, during this time and during the next worship song. So let me pray real quick and we'll go into our time. Father God, thank you for your commandments that are, are so wonderful. Help us, God. I know I need help so much in this area of being able to enjoy the rejuvenation that comes when I step away from my work and my worries and focus on enjoying you and family and others. Help us, God. We want your help. We know we can't do this without the power of your Holy Spirit. As we go into this time, God, just help us to hear what your Spirit has for us. In Christ's name, amen.